0: everyone and welcome to Heart and the Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week where we will review any midweek games and look forward to the upcoming games at the weekends. My name is Cameron Bell. I'm your host as always on Extra and joining me this week for back to back free show appearances because he's so good is my good friend Ross Hutton. Ross, thank you for coming back on. You had the flagship on Monday. Now you're finishing off the week with Extra.
2: I am looking forward to no games at the weekend. (laughs) um, It's the listeners that I feel sorry for having to watch that basket case a football club and then have my adults at Tones come on and talk about it twice within the space of a week. But I I am happy to be here and thank you for having me on.
0: Ross, Monday's flagship with yourself and Andy and David uh, was educational as well as informative and as well as entertaining. And I've got a lot to live up to. So before we go into (laughs) what is the most abysmal Rangers team I've seen in a long time, and by the way, folks, I'll give you a little bit of a precursor to snow. If you think this is going to be happy clappy, or you think this is going to be, you know, the silver lining on the clouds and all of that kind of stuff, turn off right now. And I've never said that in over 10 years of doing this podcast because it will not be happy and it's going to be pretty ranty. But Ross, there's a quote which came to mind and I heard this a good number of years ago but it came back to my mind and it's from C.S. Lewis and he said I sat with anger long enough until she told me her real name was Grief. And I've been thinking about that a lot watching the demise of this group of players who have taken us from glory to absolute subject failure and it's hard to put into words how angry I was watching this game yesterday but for me, it is, the this is the end, right? It's done. I am perfectly happy for a number of these players to go right now. I know that's not possible. But last night's result in Cyprus is one thing. I can take that to an extent, but the performance, Ross, that I thought would get an upturn following Stephen Davis being announced as interim manager, not only didn't happen, but they somehow, to me at least, almost tried to get out of their way to play even worse than they have recently.
2: An achievement almost in itself. Um, It's difficult, Cammy, because we are incredibly fortunate that we can come on here and do this and we have this opportunity to try and rationalise our own views and then express them, but I'm finding it incredibly difficult today, even more so than than Monday, and even more so after some really bad old-firm defeats, actually, because we are we are back in the pits in, in a really, really, really bad way. It's interesting you spoke about the anger that you felt during the game last night. I think I said it at the time, but I was in the pub watching it, and I was actually struck by the apathy when that first goal went in. You had the odd few bears in there, given what I felt was almost defiant abuse to the players, deservedly, but... Most people, I just kind of shrug a tuck back to their pints and that's that's even more worrying and I felt it myself, it, it kind of washed over me a wee bit when that first goal went in, I just expected it, but that's where we are now and that's more dangerous, far more dangerous to this football club than anger is. I think you felt anger in quite a visceral way after the Celtic game, that was when that really poured out from the, the fans and the stands and then obviously during the international break after it, but... I think you you watched apathy against Aberdeen when people just left at 2-0, couldn't be arsed with it anymore. And I felt apathy last night. But I understand what you're saying about the performance levels. I kind of expected, and this is the thing that grates me almost more than anything else, but last night, the result is one thing, right? You can have shocking results. It happens, right? This is football. We're all long enough to know that. You can have bad results in football. No matter how much you're meant to be better than the opposition, no matter how much more you've spent, no matter the quality levels, whatever it is, you can have bad results. That's fine. But to give that level of performance at any point, if we've been flying before that, but to give that level of performance in and of itself is vile. To do it when you've got one year on in the dugout and Stephen Davis is just disgusting, quite frankly. And I'd hoped that those players would feel some sense of, of shame, some sense of embarrassment, really. It, about how they've performed over the past couple of months. Conor Goldson said after the game that all they've done recently is apologise to Rangers fans. Well, fucking stop apologising and then actually do something about it. You are in that position. There is We could have beat, we should have beat Limassol last night with no manager. I don't care about the fact that Stephen Davis was in the dugout in a managerial sense. But to have one of your own in there, who many people in that squad have played with, look up to being a leader in that dressing room, to do that in front of him is... Horrendous, and that's before you even get back into the point that fans have paid thousands of pounds to go over there and a cost of living crisis, Cami. You know, spend that they don't need to have come out of their bank accounts, and then they do that in front of them as well. It's appalling on every single conceivable level. And again, the result, like I say, is, is one thing you can have bad results, especially in Europe. But to be embarrassed in the performance level like that is just completely unacceptable. We speak a lot about falling below the standards of Rangers Football Club. We are now falling below the basic standards of any football club. I don't care who you support, whether you're a Rangers fan, Man United fan, Derby County fan, whatever, you expect a minimum level of fight, desire, grit, passion, the rest of it from your team. If you get beat, then right, okay. But you expect those absolute bare minimums to be there at all times, and we're not even doing that now. So you're right, this this is finished, the absolute end point for this group of players. And I know we had that quote-unquote rebuild in, in the summer, but there is still a core of that leadership team in there who are done now. That, that, and people might be listening and saying, well, we've said this before, Ross, and to be fair, we have, but this is a much, much deeper feeling, I think, now because people are done and apathy is a much greater existential threat to Rangers because if people start voting with their feet, if there isn't a fundamental, and I think quite visible change that happens in front of our eyes within the next fortnight, then people will vote with their feet and that's a real, real problem for us in the longer term.
0: Uh, Good rant, would listen again.
2: I I actually feel better about that, thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I could feel it. it, it, this will be nothing if not cathartic I think it's fair to say, but there's a point that you made there Ross, which I think I want to come back to in just a second because just as we were kind of going into last night's game, I think
1: <clears throat>
0: to to coin an old Scottish phrase, Stephen Davis has to to piss with the cork he's got right, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, he's he's walked into to a sinking ship, and as far as I'm concerned, the ship has continued to sink. Stephen Davis is not a medical worker; he he does have the aforementioned um, reputation and brand around the club, uh, and and he is a legend. A hall of famer, rightly so, in my opinion. No one I've ever met for um, that supports Rangers has ever disagreed with that. And there was something that you guys spoke about on on Monday, which I it, it resonated with me. And I think it was David that had said it around what I would be worried about because I'd been thinking about this in the build up to it when Bill was was gone. <clears throat> would have been the only thing that probably would have angered me more than getting turned over by Aberdeen, being seven points behind in the league having already lost to Celtic in a game that we should have won, would have been that these players that as soon as the manager was gone, had an upturn. Because then that just indicates to me, and it's not just, this isn't specific to Rangers, by the way. I've seen this before, where you can tell, and Villa did it actually, if you remember, under uh, Gerard when Gerard left, and they went out, I think they won their next game 4-5 or now. The next game after your manager leaves, if your players all of a sudden look like they're all reborn and all the rest of it, the problem I have with that is it looks like the down tools under the previous manager, they had just put them to one side and then selfishly, and it's selfish, they had decided to to just put in the bare minimum. And the people who fundamentally pay that cost are the fans in the stand, the guys who go away, the guys who buy the strips, the guys who, as you rightly mentioned there, um, you know, follow the team far and wide. And that, is unacceptable. However, bizarrely, maybe this is a my kind of mental mental twist. I didn't even see that last night. We saw players who struggled to pass the ball. We saw players like John Lindstrom unable to pass the ball eight yards without belting at eighty mile an hour. Um, players who I don't know what sport they played before they signed for Rangers, but it certainly wasn't professional football. And horrendous absolutely horrendous and the apathy you talk about actually i would put a slightly different twist on it because the apathy and th- and i've i've you know seen this before with rangers when we've had managers who have kind of served their time and they're about to go and one of the big indicators for me in terms of that apathy i think that we saw at Ibrox on saturday when sima scored against aberdeen and i didn't celebrate people around me didn't celebrate And I'll be honest with you, it was the same when when he he, he scored when we were 2-1 down last night as well. And the the reason being, and this is a point I think you kind of touched on, this group of players, and it is them now, by the way, right? Because a lot of them have played at least under two or three, sometimes more, different managers, have not given me the belief currently that if you were to score with... 20 minutes to go, 25 minutes to go, half an hour to go, when you're a goal down or a couple of goals down, that you have got the character, the creativity, and most importantly, the desire of accountability to lift yourselves as a group and go on to be able to get something out of that game. It, it's You're scoring these goals, and the minute the ball hits the back of the net, practically every Rangers fan within the last 108 minutes worth of football watching that has said, this is nothing but a consolation. That's the apathy for me. That's where you get to where you know, actually, this is now a real, real problem. And I've been a Rangers fan since I was born, Ross. I've been through high times and very, very low times. You have too. The problem I've got with this idea of saying that fans will vote with their feet is it doesn't exist, right? Even when we've been in the proper doldrums, we took thousands of people across the country, across a whole number of leagues. And the issue that we've got to now is there's nothing really to protest against. There's nothing really to kind of say, well, we know that the team is shit. This is what's going on. I do think that the board now have got a huge responsibility. And I'm not going to say task. I'm going to say responsibility to the aforementioned fans to get this appointment correct. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But they have to get this appointment correct. And the reason why I'm saying that fans won't protest is because if it, even if at the end of the international break we get a man coming in, the fans will give that man time. That's how patient we are. I don't know if the board will get it right. I don't know how much I trust the board to get it right. And I'm being honest now. But the reason as to why that will feel like a reset yet again is because the fans will give that person time. And although we're really low in patience at the moment, everyone's really pissed off. It's it's that hope of that person being able to come in and, as I say, plug the holes in the sinking ship.
2: The voting with the feet aspect of it is, I kind of want to clarify what I mean by that, because I think you touched upon something quite important there, Cammy. You're right, there's no discernible Aspect of the club you can protest against. Now, people can say we're protesting against the players or the board or the lack of manager, whatever you want to say. But again, for me, that's even more dangerous. If you have a, a protest and your resolution to yourself is that I'm going to protest X, Y and Z by just not going to matches, then OK, but you have an end point there. You have something that you want to see. It's very defined. The pro- You're protesting with Rangers here right now against... What just a a complete nothingness around the club, a complete lack of vision, and a complete lack of any kind of end product on the park. But that will take time to come back. Might take years to come back, given where we are now. And I'm not wanting to be any kind of great voice of doom and gloom here, but let's be quite honest and and crystal about where we are. The idea of a sorry, I'm
0: getting. I I I don't want to cut across you because again, like I said, you make great points, right? I don't care about doom and gloom any longer. Bollocks to them. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, Rangers, if, the, if anyone associated with Rangers listens to this pod, it's no whole bar now because all we're getting is continually let down. So don't worry about doom and gloom, brother. At the end of the day, they deserve it. And they deserve the medicine that we might have to feed them at the moment.
2: Well, they do, but the fans don't, and the people listening to this don't, and that, this is the point I was driving at, is that, and I know it's been used before, and I know some people roll their eyes at it, but we do deserve better than this because of what you have mentioned. We are an incredibly loyal fan base, almost to a fault at points. You mentioned about taking thousands of people across the country. We take thousands of people across Europe and the world, and Rangers are playing across continents. We are incredibly unique in that sense, but we do expect something back. This is a transactional relationship. At points, and the feeling now amongst the support and all the Bears and me might have other examples I heard people talk about uh, John Gregg's tenure uh, last night when I kind of made this point as well, maybe Jock Wallace's second spell but the feeling now, the feeling of apathy and, and despair is unlike anything that I felt, and we've had bad spells oh. before of course we've been in worse places as a club collectively than this of course and it's important to maintain that perspective But for where we should be, and for the money we've spent, and for the little return we are getting, I don't think I've ever heard the support this apathetic towards the side. Anger, yes, of course, we've expressed that, but then that also comes into apathy and almost acceptance. The last part will never come. We will never accept where we are, but we are now permanently stuck in this purgatory of apathy. And if people, if we get this the next next appointment wrong, and we might talk about names, Cami, I don't know, but there's a lot flying about. And if we get this wrong, why why would you justify to yourself about going to games? it's an, it's an expensive hobby? Let's be honest. And I keep coming back to this. We're in a difficult place as a country financially. A lot of people will have been hit hard in the pocket. It's expensive to pay for a season ticket, to take your kids to games, to buy the merch, to do all this that and the next thing. Can you justify that kind of spending? Probably not if you're getting so little in, in return for it, if they're throwing it back in your face with poor performances or poor appointments. And that is a very, very real threat to Rangers Football Club because we are so heavily reliant on the fans and you cannot take that for granted. You absolutely can't. Not anymore, I think. And they absolutely have done in the past. And that's why I'm saying we're loyal to a fault. And that's not a criticism at all. It's a good thing. It's a very unique thing about this football club that I love. But that is waning and waning fast now. So they need to get this next appointment right over and above that as well. They need to have a very coherent and well-communicated vision for the future of Rangers Football Club and explain that to the fans because that's what we want as well. I'm not just interested in the rest of this season, Kami. That's something that's just going to exist and happen and no one's going to be happy about it. But I want to know what Rangers is going to look like ideally in three to five years. What is our vision? What, what do we stand for as a club anymore? And I'm getting quite existential here, but we need to actually try and regain some of what Rangers Football Club truly is. And that's obviously being successful on and off the park. One can't happen without the other, quite fundamentally, because we just don't exist in a sphere that will allow that. So what we need to do is get a proper structure in place, a proper manager, a proper director of football, and a communicator who can... Tell us fans along the way what's happening at all times. Keep us in the loop, keep us on board, that's all we ask for. Take the club in the right direction and we will back you to the hill. That's what we do, but this cannot continue any longer. We can't keep making bad decisions on and off the park and just expecting that the fans will go along with it. We are not in that place anymore at all.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that, right? Because listen, we are, and I'm going to be careful, this has kind of been my answer. To everyone who said, "Who do you want as next manager?" and I'm kind of—I like, don't have—I know who I don't want. Um, and and listen, I think I would urge every Rangers fan out there who is reading a red top or looking on websites in terms of names that are getting linked. This is uh, bread and butter for for lazy newspaper journalists who will happily put you know two and two together and come up with potato because it's um, fill in a void. We're about to have that void when we get into the international break. And it's great writing shit negative stories about Rangers because most of the mainstream media love to do that. Um, I think what's interesting about everything that's going to going on Ross is that whilst I can't answer who I believe should come in as manager, because you could put 10 candidates in front of me and I could hear pros and cons for all of them. I think what we need to be able to try and do is look at the current situation that we're in and, to a certain extent, we probably need someone who can come in, who can develop the players that we have, right? Because all joking aside, we cannot have an overhaul in January, right? It's not going to happen. So anyone who thinks that we will be able to ship these guys out the door and bring in quality, does the work like that? This is probably why Cantwell and Raskin looked like slightly abnormal successful signings for a mid-season window because no one does any serious business in January. Equally, for that person to come in, they'll have had about six weeks with the squad. Now, you can look at, you know, all the, the games, the previous games that you want and stuff, and I don't think you need to look at a lot to look at the fact that Cyril Dessers is probably one of the worst signings that we've ever had in the club's history. Um, But that manager, that person, has to be able to try and come in and a part of what I want, Ross, and I'm keen to kind of get your thoughts on this, because we're not appointing a director of football and a manager in an international break. That's that's not happening, right? It just simply will not work. So unless we're willing to throw money, which I don't think we have, at being able to tempt someone coming out of a job, either as a director of football, sporting director, and as a manager, in which case we're talking at least above £10 million, right? Easily. Which we don't have. We're going to appoint the manager because we need to get that appointed because it's so obviously um, impacting what we're doing in the field in front of the fans. Director of football can work behind the scenes, and there's a lot of work to be done there as well, by the way. So that appointment, again, has to be critical. Any manager who comes in now who has to be interviewed by Rangers, and by the way, interviewed is a strong point here. Nobody's walking into this job. That's unacceptable. Um... Has to say, you know, you need the you need a better tune out of these players, but what I am expecting from you as the board that if I go in there and I start chopping heads of some of that senior leadership team, some of them will get dropped, some of them could be put up for sale, that you back me with that. And someone had mentioned to me the the uh, last night, and it's quite interesting because you know I remember it pretty vividly at the time was the whole Andy Gordon being put in the transfer list by Walter Smith. And Andy Gorham only a couple of years beforehand was probably one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And I'm not being, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not romanticizing that he genuinely was, but any manager who comes in now cannot rely on reputation. What you've done for us two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, even further, you have to come in and say, you're not playing well enough. Explain to me why you think that is. and, Every single player, probably bar Jack Butland and maybe a couple of the injuries, should have that conversation. And if the manager isn't happy with what he hears, then that that pretty much dictates their place in the team.
2: Yeah, we're beyond the point of killing any admirals now, Cammy. We're trying to sink a fleet here. Nobody should be safe from this. And Jack Butland has been our player of the year and will win our player of the year without... Absolutely shadow of a doubt. I think these fans have absolutely adored his contribution even last night as well. Ross, quick...
0: I'm I'm sorry to interrupt again. I am legitimately worried we could lose Jack Butland. Yeah, because I am legitimately worried about. that we could
2: because he, he must be looking about wondering because this show that Arsenals in front like. of him
0: are basically forcing him to leave because you can see how frustrated he's getting by it. He he is practically like one of us, and in disbelief of the and I mean this in all honesty, watching this last night the basic fundamental errors that his teammates were making that he then had to, in at least two separate occasions, help pull them out of. Sorry, buddy.
2: No, 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 because you're quite right. And I think the camera kind of shot to him after the second goal went in and he was screaming into the ball that he had up and close to his face. He knows how frustrating it is. And no goalkeeper wants to concede goals at the best of time. But when he's busting his arse to try and keep clean sheets and, and shots going in the back of the net, he needs to have some help in front of him, and that's why I'm saying nobody should be safe from this. I said on the flagship on Monday that, to a degree, I have a wee bit of sympathy for players like James Tavernier. He is 32 at the end of this month and has played a lot of football in his career, so probably even more importantly than the age factor, that will catch up to you, and his performances have undoubtedly slowed down. I say this as someone who's a massive fan of James Tavernier, unashamedly so, but he's not safe from this. Connor Goulton signed a, a four-year deal Was it last year and I think most of us are pretty much happy with that as well because we know what he can bring to that defence. We know when we're playing well, he's so assured at the back four. He marshals that back four and it allows James Tavenier to get forward. We've not seen those performances, so he's not safe from this. Ben Davies, still question marks there. wasn't great again last night either. He's not safe from this and Borna Barisic, well, I'm not even going to start. He's not safe from it either. And any new manager who comes in needs to have the assurance, not just from the board, but I think from the fans as well, which you will get is that if he's going to tear up this senior leadership team, he needs to be able to give he needs to be given the time and the breathing space to be able to do so. Because in the long run, it's gonna it's gonna be the best thing for Rangers Football Club. And I said this last night as well that there are B team players, and people are gonna say, Oh Rosh, are banging this drum again, but I'm I'm gonna do it. Like the, there are B team players Play, or players coming through this academy who would die to play for the Rangers first team? Die to play for the Rangers first team? Lifelong dream, who are cracking talents, would come through and would give you a hell of a lot more than some of those senior players are given right now. Ross McCausland, last night, done more than, what, 20 seconds than Sam Lammers done in the entire game? This yep. is someone who's meant to Absolutely. be a, an, an established senior professional footballer. There are people within our youth academy who would die for that kind of opportunity and I think any new manager who comes in Cammy if he was honest with the fans and said okay everybody knows the state that Rangers are in that's fine but I want to try and play more youth team players or give other guys a chance us as fans would buy into that because the greatest effective weapon against apathy is inspiration and we need to be inspired again for the rest of this season there's nothing happening at the moment, absolutely nothing happening at the moment that can make you excited to go and watch Rangers. Because you know the kind of football you're going to get, you know the kind of performances you're going to get, you know the end result you're going to get. There's nothing about it that's an enjoyable experience. And people might say that seven points in a league campaign is not unassailable. Of course it's not, but let's be honest, it's not exactly screaming doable at the minute either. So if we play young players and we bleed them into the side and we actually try and perversely use this opportunity that's been presented to us and the word opportunity is being used very loosely there folks then I think us as fans we would buy into that because we would see the end product we would see the end goal and it would inspire us to come back we need to be proud of supporting our team again because I'm sick of being embarrassed by them really really sick of being embarrassed by them and listen hey if we play young players are going to make mistakes are going to drop points that, that's fine it's not like the senior players aren't doing that the now anyway And there's a much greater upside to developing these young boys. I'm talking about Bailey Rice. I'm talking about Cole McKinnon. I'm talking about Lovelace. I'm talking about McCausland. I'm talking about guys like that. There's a much greater upside to giving them the minutes that I think they deserve, playing them, and then hopefully, hopefully develop them into into senior first-team Rangers players in the future. That's the model we should be following anyway. And if we're not getting a tune-out of these senior players, I don't think anyone wants to see Desers in the Rangers shirt Again, Sam Lammers, there's absolutely just nothing there in terms of end product and defence we've already spoken about. If we're not getting a tune out of them, to hell with it, what's the harm? What's the harm? And I I would challenge anyone to try and come up with an explanation as to why we wouldn't be able to do that. And I want to see that from a new manager. We need to see statements of intent. Stripping the senior leadership team of their status, I think, is a a very visual way to do that. But also inspiring us by playing some of our own youth products. Everybody can get behind that, I think. I don't think that's too controversial.
0: I I agree. I agree that it'd be great to be able to then say that we could bring some of those young players in. I think they do deserve a chance. You you, you said it for me because I did make a specific note when I was prepping for this to say, Ross McCausland came on, and I thought he did more in 10 minutes than Scott Wright did with his entire game. And I'm, I, well, I could say Scott Wright, I could say John Lynchon, I could say um, Lammers, Dessers, anyone really. And definitely there's an argument there to be said that, you know, these guys should be getting a chance when there's other people wearing that shirt. And I don't think in any way whatsoever understand the privilege that they have of wearing it. All of that being said, and you've heard this from me many a time, Ross. The, the only thing, I, I'm always protective of our youngsters, you probably even more so. And the reason as to why I always kind of call that out is I, I'm happy for those guys to be able to try and get a chance. What I don't want to do, though, is for them to be able to try and get a chance because of um, how poorly senior first team players are performing at the moment. And there's two reasons for that. First thing is, you're basically throwing the kids into a team that's massively underperforming. I have get zero doubt that every single Rangers fan attending, you know, games, whether at Ibrox or at you know any away ground, even near and far, would support those kids. We've always done it throughout our history. We've always got behind our youth players. But still I'm forty two, Ross. I would they want to play in that Rangers team right now because, like you said, you've got no idea what anyone is doing and they're nowhere near cohesive, and we can't play a team full of youngsters. But the other side to that, again, more than anything else, and this is what worries me more, is you walk up to one of the players, guys with plenty of appearances for Rangers, even for some of them, like Dessers, and a, a catastrophe, absolute catastrophe. If you go up to any of those players, I don't have the, the, the faith whatsoever that you go up to the, those players to say, you've lost your shirt to a guy who's barely played for this club at this level. It's your job to get it back off him that they would use that as a motivation. I just don't see it. I genuinely don't see it. It's not a problem. It's and, not a problem. Of course it's not a problem. I understand that. But these guys are still collecting a wage. They're still sellable or in some cases, you know, outside of Dessers, you know, we could probably get a fee for them. Um Dessers I think would get a jail sentence or a sanction. <laughs> um the 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 problem that we've got at the moment though is that there's, there's such a lack of accountability. And I I listened to, you mentioned it earlier on, I listened to Conor Goldson's post-match last night and people were like, oh yeah, he knows that we're not doing. I, I'm sick of platitude shite that comes out of that club that basically says, oh yeah, we know we're not doing well enough and it's a shame and this is what's happening and blah, blah, blah. And I, I've heard all this before. What I'm annoyed about is interviews like that. I'm annoyed that it looks like in training that it's a great time and we're all having a laugh and a joke and there's plenty of beaming smiles and yeah, the the, the the mood in the camp is good and blah, blah. Why can't you take a corner? Why can't you take a free kick without it hitting the wall? Why can't you understand that even if the pitch is bobbly, and by the way, don't even dream of pretending that you could use the weather or that pitch as excuses last night for what we saw, that you are failing in the basic fundamentals of what you should be doing. I don't care about any of that. I see right now. See until we get better. I just have a media blackout for Angels, and I would just simply not have us have any chat until a new manager comes in and says, "Right, here's the the Land. This is what we're doing," and puts that responsibility back in players. And this is part of my issue. You can replace a player in the first team lineup with a youth player, but that old stager is still in and around the group. And I just think that that apathy we've spoken about would stay there. I just don't think dropping a few of these guys or as we said before, you know, cutting the heads off a couple of lieutenants, whilst they stay within the group, I just can't see it getting better. I think that malaise would still be there.
2: And I, compl- I completely understand that point. That was a good yeah, rant. It's, it's, that, it's, was, a, that was a, my rant,
0: by the way. So, you know, that was <laughs> me getting on my soapbox there, just just, just in case MD missed it.
2: Um but I'm talking about something visual, something for us as fans to cling on to, something for us to be proud of in Rangers again, because if if we went the other way and a new manager came in and he continued to try and persevere with Dessers, Lammers, uh, Lundstrom, and Lundstrom's a weird one actually, because I don't think he'd started the season particularly badly, nowhere near as bad as he'd been, and then went and couldn't pass a line to himself last night. But If he, if he persists with these so-called senior players, then we're just going to get the end results, and apathy will set an even harder than it has already. There is something salvageable here. I think if you, if you come in and you're honest and you're up front and you communicate your vision and you play young players and you give us something to cling on to, something to be inspired by again, then I think you can salvage the fans back. And I think that's what fans want to see as well. I don't think the fans want to see anything more from these tried and failed methods. I think they want to try something a wee bit new. And you're right. I think us as fans, every Rangers fan, loves a good Academy product. It, it makes us feel Proud of what we are as a club, we should be proud of what we do as a club from an academy perspective. And if you're not going to give them a chance now, then I'm sorry. I'm what, What's the point? Especially when I think you you get more from these young players. They want to play for Rangers. They're desperate to try and show you what they can do. Young Ross McLaughlin was emblematic of that last night when he came on and he was desperate to try and make something happen, but let down by the charlatans around him. So if you can put your faith in there, even if it's just temporary. Even if it's just to get us into the transfer window where a new manager can get his own reinforcements in, hopefully having some money to spend and maybe getting some of these lads off a wage bill. That is maybe pie in the sky stuff. But even if it is just until then, give us something to make us want to go to games, give us something to kind of cling on to. And it'll be a good development experience for these boys as well, because they do need the minutes and we need to be better, I think, as a club at bringing these kind of boys on. And it shouldn't be a case of, shit, my job's on the line, I'm going to put on Zach Lovelace or shit, we're in the hole here, I'm going to throw on Ross McCausland, which I don't really think is what happened last night, to be fair, the options weren't exactly there. But it's more, as I say, representative of, of Rangers' attitude towards kind of young players. If we can give them sustained runs in the team, And tell them, okay, next four or five games, you're starting. That's it. There's not going to be a debate. There's not going to be any change of plans. It's just it's your start for the next five games. We'll reassess it after that. I think you will see a massive upturn of performances from young players who, as I say, want to be there, have no fear, and they're starting from a high position in the fans' minds anyway. So I think there is an opportunity there to do that, but it's an opportunity born out of the fact we have put ourselves in an utter hole this season.
0: Yes, I mean, you're right. And listen, it needs sweeping change, right? There's zero doubt around that. And I think that uh, where I do have some faith in the board within this as well is that you're dealing with guys who, and I think they've done it already, right, even before this season kicked off, they did a lot around being able to, and forgive the terminology here, but they cleared house. They they looked at being able to make sure that uh, they could take out guys who they weren't, seeing real value from and they now no longer work at Rangers um the manager and I know that you and I kind of had that kind of discussion and 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 where we both sit within that as well but the thing that would have terrified me would have been that if the board had failed to act after Aberdeen and he he had went and um or he had he had he he, he was still there for Limassol That would have terrified me. That really would have terrified me. Because then I think, like you say, I mean, we're already in a toxic atmosphere. We've seen that with the booing at the end of the three league games at Ibrox. Um, Again, had I been in Cyprus last night, then there's a good chance I probably would have, you know, vented my frustration 10 minutes into the game. Because by that point, we've looked like a car crash and we've already conceded a goal. So... I do believe that the board will look and, and, and try and make a... Pragma, but I've got to trust that process to be able to try and happen because this is going to be their, their real first crack at being able to try and do it. Ross, we're now in the position where, if you can believe this, and I think it's the first time ever we've done this in Hart and Had, where we're actually looking forward to the international break. Um, But <laughs> unfortunately, before that, we have to go to Paisley um, on Sunday to face Mirren, who I... Um, At the moment, just now, I think the best price I saw for them was six to one. So I've put our house in the market, I've put that money on that price. Um, they will definitely fancy this. I honestly, my heart breaks for the guys who have got tickets for St. Mirren for the away end and can he shift them? And if you're going to that, then listen, my you know, I doff my cap to you because the team. Absolutely, do not deserve a travel and support on Sunday. They'll get it because, as far as I'm concerned, we're the best fans in the business. They don't deserve it, so they are going to have to go and muster some kind of performance. Because I'm telling you right now, this is probably one of the weakest, most damaged, bleeding Rangers teams that's that's probably gone to Paisley in recent times, and they will. Listen, they will fancy
2: it. Oh 100% and a few people have said it now so I don't want to come across like I'm stealing anyone's kind of line or whatever but apart from the fact that we are called Rangers, why in any world do we be favourites for that game? St Mirren are flying anyway, it's not even as though we're going to a struggling side on the bottom of the table, they're absolutely flying, they have started the season brilliantly in their own right and they always kind of give us a decent game round there, if you remember. Towards the end of jail, was 10 that one each game, um, which was just an absolute riot in and of itself. But they will absolutely smell blood on Sunday. And I kind of made a joke yesterday that I weirdly felt more alright to go away from home in Europe than, than I did on Sunday. I'd kind of already written that one off in my head. Because we've watched this Rangers team have horrendous performances on the road. Before, So it would be nothing new. And I can even hear the apathy in my own voice now, Cammy. I can feel the disenfranchisement just setting in on me because I'm not expecting anything going to Paisley. And that's a disgraceful position to be in in October. It's a disgraceful thing for any kind of Rangers fan to say, to be honest, or the position that they've put us in, where we can be sitting here saying, "Mm, we're going to play St Mirren, we'll probably get beat. Uh, but this is just where we are. This is a very accurate representation of the times that we live in with this squad. And I've not spoken to any bear who in their heart of hearts genuinely thinks that we're going to Paisley on Sunday and getting anything, to be honest. And if you're a St Mirren fan, you'll never have a better opportunity to go and really put a statement out against the Rangers side. Because apart from the fact we're going there with that emblem on our chest, there's really nothing else there that would suggest that we are a genuine Rangers side, because we're not. And what's interesting is that um, I was actually thinking, Ross, about us
0: being able to try and run a competition on Heart and Hand um, where uh, what I was going to get you to do is if you could create a home video. Now, we did this during lockdown and stuff. If you remember, we did like, you know, the, the keepy-uppy challenges. You know, you do the alternation of your foot if you're kicking it against the wall and stuff. And I was actually going to run a competition and see if anyone fancied being able to send it in to us. We would then obviously pass it on to the club and theoretically you might get a starting position up front against them <laughs> if they felt it was good enough. Um Abdullah Sima gets into that front line at the moment. I didn't think Sima was was amazing last night, but he got man in the match for me between him and Jack Butland. Seema got it because I think in the last couple of games at least he's scoring a goal. He's mild and, and he, shy, and around him. you can see
2: what he was trying to do last exactly, week. It was exactly. the one club that was shared about and it was probably emblematic of the evening where he tried to control the ball with one foot, hit off the other and went out for a throw-in and that that was a laugh. But apart from that, he was actually trying to make things happen last night. He obviously got the goal. He got the goal against uh, Aberdeen as well. Seamus' performances have, have been okay. Um, I think he's another one who's probably let down by the absolute... It so, is. That, he's playing alongside, but yeah.
0: That's exactly it. His problem is to Snow is that he's he's actually not doing too badly, but people are looking at it through the optic of, yeah, but he, that's because he's not anywhere near as bad as Dessers. Now, my cat is nine-year-old, and I'm fairly sure that my cat is probably better at football than Cyril Dessers at the moment, where <laughs> this recommendation came from, I hope haunts Michael Beal for the rest of his coaching career. Anyway, I've ranted enough on Cyril Dessers. We have to go to 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 Paisley on Sunday afternoon, Ross. Uh, we have to get result. I, I am not subscribed yet to say that that seven-point lead is unsurmountable. I really genuinely don't. I think this is a, a, a weaker Celtic team than we've faced in, in recent years. And therefore, I do believe over the course of the season they're going to continue to drop points. We are not, right, and I can't believe I'm saying this in the first week in October, but we are not getting to the stage of, oh yeah, we're seven points behind, but there's still three old fun games to play. I'm not getting to that stage yet. But what I'm saying is that we need to be able to try and and show that we are not out of this yet. Um, and when you get into double figures, it, it, it gets a real point. So Rangers have to go and win because I'm going to make the assumption whoever Celtic are playing at the weekend, they'll get a result there. We just have to follow that ethos while we're playing, you know, Saturday, Sunday against each other and stuff as well. So we need to be able to make sure that that we respond with that. The only thing I would say in terms of just as we finish up with this as well, and listen, folks, if you've made it to 40 minutes into this pod, again, you deserve a medal. And thank you for staying with us. Um, the only thing I would say, Ross, just to kind of finish that up is these Rangers players, if they've got any kind of form of personal pride, have to go to St. Mirren on Sunday and go, listen, do you know what? Even if I have to go and give 120% and bust my ass. For the vast majority of them, because they're not going into international teams, they're basically going to have a couple of weeks off. So what to do is go and absolutely, you know, turbo charge it as best you possibly can. I'm not saying that's replacing quality, by the way, because last night was just a real lack of quality across the board. Just go and do as much as you possibly can and just give us a small modicum of hope. Don't fall further behind in the league and just let us get into this. Because unlike you bastards... We are all going to have to suffer the media noise that's going to happen at the moment in terms of who we are going to pick in as manager. That's all we care about. You guys don't care about that because you're only going to be working for that person for maybe a year, six months, a couple of years. We have to live with this because our club is is in dire crisis of a recovery. So go and do what you can, St Mirren. Win and at least show some respect to the fans that, are flying back from Cyprus as we're recording this and we'll be in Paisley on Sunday
2: Are you saying they're only going to work with him for a year or six months to a year because they're going to get him sacked as well Yes or, yeah, that, yeah, um,
0: that was my kind of subtle undertone Yeah absolutely I, um, they'll obviously bin him out the door in all I
2: Yeah um, Listen I mentioned it earlier on but this club and by I say this club I mean these players people within the boardroom we need to recount and recoup some sense of shame some sense of embarrassment what we've been put through over the past couple of months, how we've started this season, not just domestically now, but in Europe as well, we they should feel embarrassed about this. Because it's it goes beyond Michael Beale quite obviously, I think, now. And he was a massive problem. His recruitment was a massive problem. Uh, he was never a Rangers manager. We know that now. But these players are just emblematic of a much, much wider problem. So if they have any kind of sense of personal pride, like you said, if they have any embarrassment, if they have any shame, then yeah, they will go to Paisley on Sunday and put on some kind of a performance because they owe us that. But how often have we said it? It comes back again to what Conor Goldson said in that interview. All we do is apologise to our fans. I would be amazed if they're not trying to do the exact same thing at full time on Sunday. And I know we spoke about doing gloom. I'm sorry to try and go down that route again. But I think I think we know how this goes Now, I think we know what we get from these kind of players. I'm not expecting any personal pride to start playing a a part here. I'm not expecting any great level of performance because I just don't think they're capable of giving us that any longer. So, I hope they do. I I wish to be pleasantly surprised, but in all reality, they'll be going into that game 10 points behind Celtic already. They'll probably win at home at Kilmarnock on Saturday. And then they need to go and do something about that and just try and keep themselves disgustingly, seven points behind until our new manager comes in. She's like, ah, it's a mess, Cammy. We are just a mess.
0: Um, I've got zero doubt this is absolute tear fodder for any Celtic fans listening to this. Boys, go and enjoy yourselves. I don't care. Rangers fans, thank you so much for being able to try and stick with us. It's not been a happy pod. I don't want to come on here and pretend that everything's rosy when we obviously know that it's not. But thank you for for, for listening to us. Um, we do have an international break coming up, and I can promise you we've got some brilliant content across on our Patreon site. So it's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Please come over there um, and join our community, which right now is supporting each other in terms of how pish this Rangers team is at the moment. Um... The the optimist in me says that things can only get better, Ross. That's fine. Rangers need to be able to try and prove that to me, um, and they need to prove it to the rest of us as well. And that's on them, the board, everyone associated within that club, being able to try and and get us back into into a decent shape. And dare I say, we've got a semi final, and God willing, a final. Um, on the very near horizon as well. So we do have something to aim for, by the way. So let's get our act together. Thank you, everyone, for listening. David will be back with you on Monday with the flagship to, to go over the St Mirren game. Um, join us, as I say, on our Patreon site during a national break because it will give you your, your Rangers fix. Please try and ignore a lot of the noise that you'll see within the red-top media because the vast majority of it is all nonsense. Thank you to the executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. Thank you to our show sponsor um, for Extra Zenith Coins head on over to zenithcoins.com to have a wee look at some of the brilliant merchandise they do within there and most importantly thank you for coming on back-to-back shows Ross you're an absolute tripper. Um, always great to hear your contributions you're a wise a wise old head and young shoulders as I say and thank you so much for joining me on extra
2: I bet you say that to all the boys, mate, but no, thank you so much for having me on.
0: No, some of them are quite old and daft. Like, <laughs> you know, Bradley, Andy McGowan, you know, these guys have got on in years wee hoggy. You know, they're a bit silly, but actually, you're quite sensible. That's why I tend to ask you. But listen, in all seriousness, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. These things aren't easy to do. Trust me, it is a privilege to be able to talk to Rangers fans in this type of way. But again, like you say, we, we will not, you know, mask any truths or pull any punches. We're not happy you've heard that we're not happy. So thank you everyone for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.